Hello and welcome to Victorious Living Christian Counseling. My name is Crystal Ridland and I am a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Indiana and a licensed professional counselor in the state of Missouri. Today is actually my very first ever real podcast and I've decided to talk about grief. The reason I chose this topic is because it's a very personal topic to me right now and it's something that I'm currently enduring in my life. Um, A week and a half ago, my grandmother passed away. My grandmother was very special to me. She was my rock. She was my safe place. She was my favorite person in the world as a child. Um, So losing her was a big deal. It was very difficult. And, um, but just quickly, I got the call around 12 o'clock on Tuesday. And my dad told me that she wasn't imminent. There was no rush. Um, He just wanted to let me know she had been put in hospice. And I called the nurse and she assured me the same. There was no rush. My grandma wasn't imminent that she could live another, you know, five days, two weeks, a month. Um, And the Holy Spirit just gave me a warning to go. I talked to my husband and he too felt that the Holy Spirit was telling us to go to her. On the way there, I told him that I thought we were going so that we could see her at her finest, um, so that we could actually talk to her, engage with her, because I had heard that that's what she was doing with um, others that had visited her in the afternoon. Um, When I got there around 625, she was more in an unconscious state. And the nurse that was in the room at the time had said that she had been that way for the last few hours. Um, And I guess they had given her some medication to help with pain. But when I got there, she was able to open one eye. She was, um, she had some signs of death. Like I've walked with um, some family members through the dying process before and So I know some of those, but she wasn't showing all of them. And I really believe that she was waiting for me. And um, because for the first 20 or so minutes, she was trying as much as she could to engage, although she wasn't able to talk a whole lot, um, no coherent statements or sentences. Um, but she was trying and at one point um, I had my nine-year-old daughter talk to my grandmother on the phone I didn't tell my daughter everything that was happening I just said grandma Dorothy would really love to hear your voice Um, and so at that point my grandmother um, just really perked up when she heard my daughter's voice and she tried her hardest to talk to her and I could tell that just brought a lot of joy to my grandma. So that was a moment that I will cherish forever. Uh, Around 725, so it was almost to the dot an hour after we got there, uh, my grandma took her last breath. I had noticed that her breathing had slowed down, that it was more intermittent. Her temperature, her body temperature was dropping. And I just wanted to make sure that the entire evening was very calm. 
I wanted her time to be precious and peaceful. And so I read Psalm 23 to her. I quietly prayed and held her hand. I hugged her. I rubbed her head. Uh, she wasn't scared at all. Um, a few times she got emotional. I think knowing that she was leaving me was really hard. And um, But at one point I tried, I started to tell her that Grandma, if I would have known you were so sick, I would have come earlier. And my grandma tried everything in her power to tell me not to think like that. My grandma's always been very, like, I'm so proud of you. You're taking care of your family. I want you to live your life. And she did not want me to walk away from that feeling like I had done anything wrong, That just that she loved me and she was proud of me. So I knew what she would have said. Um, she tried to say it, but um, we have that special bond that we could know what each other are thinking and feeling in a, in a given moment, and that's what took place here. So as I walked away um, and we drove home that evening, there was a, a sudden, like, it was almost like disbelief. This, like knowledge that my grandma was no longer here, that I would never see or talk to her again. And a song kept popping into my mind. Um, it's the song Miracles by Colton Dixon. And it's a family favorite right now. My 13-year-old son just loves the song, and uh, my husband really likes the song. So we play it in the car a lot, and I like the message. But in this moment, as I was driving home, I began to really see how only God himself could have orchestrated these things to work out the way he did. I mean, to the T, I arrived and an hour later she passed away. Like, I was given just the, like, a certain amount of time that it was just her and me and my husband. And it was quiet and it was peaceful. And I was able to hold her hand as she took her last final breaths and and that was really precious but the the name of this that song the Colton Dixon miracle song just really stood out to me because I knew that wasn't the stars aligning just right or you know karma or luck of the draw it was God who has heard my prayer for the last five years or so especially the last few years where I've just prayed, Lord, I want to be by her side. I don't want her to be alone. Lord, if you could please help me be with her when she passes away. And God loved her and I so much that he orchestrated that perfectly. And I am so thankful for that. So now I'm going to move from the story of my loss to the stages of grief. Okay. Um, the one thing was the night that we got home, it was around 1 a.m. So I didn't sleep much that night. When I did fall asleep, I would just suddenly wake up with, I guess they were flashbacks. As a counselor, I would probably say they were flashbacks, a little bit of trauma, just not knowing for sure what was all going to happen, if she was going to die while I was there, or if I was going to have to leave her, um, Honestly, the hour was a whirlwind, and so um, 
the brain just takes these snapshots when it's in an environment like this. And, and the way that that works is when we don't have time to really file those snapshots away, it creates a certain level of trauma. So as I was sleeping, I would suddenly wake up with this image of my grandma gasping for her last few um, breaths or the intermittent breathing or the sudden awareness that my grandma's not here. She's gone. She's really gone. And this went on for that whole night, the next day. And the stage that this is, um, is actually the stage of denial. And in that stage, denial is such that we, we really go through that. We're really shocked. We're taken aback. Um, we start to question everything that happened um, with the, the loved one that we lost. Um, it's really common to... Um, it's really common in this stage to, to not feel as much emotional pain, but to feel more like maybe a little numb, a little apathetic, like you're just literally in shock and you're just trying to get a feel for what life's going to be like without that person there. Sometimes it's common too for people to um, maybe even like think that they saw somebody walk through the door or maybe hear them talk. Um, this is the brain's way of trying to file away and sort through um, the loss of a loved one. The next phase um, is actually called anger. And in anger, it's oftentimes normal for somebody to be angry with God because God's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. Why couldn't he stop my loved one? He knew that I knew I loved my loved one or I needed them. And so as a counselor, I walk with people through this quite often. Um, I help them to understand the anger. I help them to understand that our days are numbered. Our, our, the, the times that we're going to live and the amount of days we're going to live, God knows exactly the moment that we're going to take our last breath. Um, that he, he is in control, but that we also live in a broken world. And that on this side, um, on earth, there's going to be pain and heartache. But I remind them that when we're in heaven, there will be no more heartache. There will be no more death. There will be no more sorrow. Um, so that's just one thing that um, is common. A lot of times you could even be angry with the person who passed. And this is really common when we have somebody who maybe committed suicide or um, maybe had been to doing drugs. Um, we can get kind of angry at them like, why, did, why would you do this to me? And why didn't you get the help that you needed? Um, we could, anger reveals itself in different ways. And one way that anger revealed itself with me that really shocked me and um, was that when I, 
I really found it odd that when I looked back at the positive memories of my grandma, a lot of unhappy memories came up from my childhood. The reason my grandma was my safe place, my rock, was because I didn't have another safe place as a child. My home, my mother, my stepfather were very abusive. They were um, alcoholics. They partied a lot. Um, so there was a lot of abuse that I endured as a child. And so that's why my grandma was like my, my safe place as a child. So when I went back and my mind began to think of all these precious memories that I had with my grandma where she would make paper hats with me or sing songs with me. Um, we always drew together. There was a lot of special things we did. But it also brought up the reason why I felt so safe with my grandma. So what shocked me was that I experienced anger towards the people who had hurt me as a child. Um, and this came as a surprise because I've done a lot of healing work um, regarding my childhood abuse. Um, so one particular night, uh, I just started venting towards um, just kind of letting my anger out and telling my husband, not at him, but I was explaining to him that the reason my grandma was my safe place was because of all of these things. And he was very caring, very supportive. But one thing I noticed after that was that suddenly the next day after I processed this, the pain the ache that I felt in my chest, that part seemed to have dissipated. Um, that's one thing I want to explain about loss and grief is that there is a period of time where you literally feel an ache in your heart, in your soul, in your chest, wherever that is. Um, it's hard to like pinpoint it, but there will be a physical almost like it's a real heaviness and achiness um, but for me working through that anger that anger stage was really helpful in me being able to not feel that that type of ache and pressure in my chest so the next phase that we go through and um, is called bargaining and in bargaining this one is different for all these stages are different for every single person. Nobody, no one person is going to grieve the same. There's just enough similarities that are universal that we can pull out these, um, that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was able to pull out these specific stages that we go through. And in bargaining, we may actually say, God, if you bring this person back, I will be the best Christian ever. I will love you forever. I will help people. Just let me talk to them one more time. Um, and also, there's going to be a lot of statements. What if? If onlys. And I should have. I experienced these. Um, I should have been there with her more often. Um, I should have um, called her more. And what if I would have... I mean, at one point I even thought maybe if I would have let her live with me, even though it wasn't a feasible solution, she needed more care than I could give her. Um, but what if I would have let her live with me? I thought maybe she would have lived longer. Now, knowing what I know as a counselor and being able to quickly identify defeating thoughts, 
I realized that these were defeating thoughts. These aren't, these are not, I would refer to in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 7, where it refers to godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow. These types of thoughts are worldly sorrow, which ultimately the source is Satan. They're to make us feel stuck. And um, I was able to thankfully um, identify the source where it was coming from and quickly um, begin rechanging my thought process with that. Um, so a lot of those types of statements may come and they probably will when you go through grief. The important thing is to remember they're normal, identify the source of them, and also to just remember that um, our loved one would not want us to feel shame or guilt, okay? The next phase, which is actually the phase I feel like I'm currently in right now, is depression, okay? Um, and in depression, this one, this one's been a hard one. And I think it's more like, it's like a, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I always have to, to be tough and to be able to figure things out and to, to not be depressed. And so this afternoon, I actually texted a good friend of mine named Elisa, who has been a counselor for going on 30 years. She's a very wise Christian woman. And I just texted her. I said, is it normal to just feel no energy or motivation um, when grieving? And then she said, oh, honey, you know, this is the grief um, it takes a lot of energy, and so then she actually um, ended up calling me, and she spent a good half hour talking to me, and that was really helpful. But one of the things that she said to me that was really helpful, because I couldn't put this into words myself, but I felt like I just want to stay in bed, and every time I was getting up, I felt almost heavy or like, Honestly, it just kind of felt like my B12 vitamin was low because I've had that problem several years ago. And she said, honey, grief is one of those feelings that you can't just push down. She's like, it will take even the strongest among us and we all will have to face it. It's one of those feelings we can't suppress. And she said, it almost makes you feel like you're walking through concrete. And I thought that analogy was really fitting because that's exactly how I would describe how my life's been the last few days. So the depression phase is really hard. Um, it's, you're gonna feel really sad. You're gonna feel a lack of energy, a lack of motivation. And one thing is it might be hard to have any joyful feelings while you're in the midst of depression. Um, so if your family's laughing, you just may not be able to laugh with them or you feel like there's some kind of a block. Um, so the hope is that as we feel these things, um, we're going to begin to move through each stage. And it's vital that we move through each stage. Um, one thing I always tell clients is we can't, we have to feel it to heal it which oftentimes we don't like uncomfortable feelings as human beings. We wanna push off discomfort as fast as humanly possible, right? That's oftentimes what leads to addictions. 
um, self-medicating. It leads to a lot of different like behavioral type, um, feel good type. I just want to feel better. So I'm going to numb this. Um, so anyway, those are all really normal things to feel. Now, as you're moving through the stages, eventually the goal is to come to a place of acceptance. Okay. When people begin moving out of depression into acceptance, and to be honest, I'm looking forward to this phase where I can move more into acceptance because um, grieving is, is really hard. It takes a lot of energy. It takes, um, it, it's amazing to me how it, grieving comes on us like the way it does. And I know that it's really a gift from God especially moving into this phase of acceptance is a gift of God so that we can continue living and um, having an abundant life like he promises, like he has come so that we can have life and have it abundantly. Um, and so the place of acceptance is a good place. But one thing that's common when people are beginning to move into the phase of acceptance is to begin feeling like, you may be forgetting your loved one, you may be dishonoring them, or disrespecting them somehow. And so there could be a lot of guilt and shame. Again, worldly sorrow that comes up when we begin to have those types of thoughts. The important thing is, is that we identify the source. Are these thoughts coming from God to make us better, to heal us? Or are these thoughts coming from Satan to keep us stuck? Okay? So, and another thing I tell people is to remember that our loved ones would never want us to not continue living. They would want us to heal and to be able to move into a place of having peace and joy in our lives. I know that my grandma would want me to do that. She knows that I need to be on my game to raise my children and to be a good woman, a good wife, and to be a good counselor. Um, so another thing to remember is that acceptance isn't forgetting, okay? This is actually a good place. This is God's gift to us to help us to realize that, um, that we still have purpose and meaning on this earth, and that's what we're called to do. So these are the five stages of grief. Okay, they're pretty much universal. We're all going to experience, most, most people will experience all stages to some degree. Um, a few things I want to point out with this is that it's also common to get to a certain stage and then revert back to another stage and to bounce back and forth between the stages. It's not fun, but it's just natural. It's a natural part of grief. And then another thing to remember is that when you're grieving, okay, um, it just takes time. And you can't put yourself on some, like, put a lot of pressure on yourself to, to be strong. Because this is God's plan for us to heal. It's, it's ingrained in us. That's why as soon as we really feel that, you know, we really know that somebody has passed who we loved. It's really common to begin wanting to pull out all the pictures that we have of that loved one. 
Um, so this is my story um, and how I have been experiencing the grief stages um, the last few weeks since I lost my grandmother. And I thought that it seemed like a fitting first topic for today um, because I know that um, there are a lot of people grieving right now. And so I thought this might help. One thing I want to point out is um, I was looking online and came across um, a website. And on the website, it said, it's the BetterHelp website. And it said, grief is a powerful force that can shake even the strongest person. The confusion, chaos, and inner turmoil that results can sweep you away from productivity and plans. Family and friends may find it hard to relate to the feelings you experience in a place of grief. It may be helpful to lean on the writings of others who share the thoughts and feelings you're experiencing during this time. And I would also add that it is very important to talk to somebody. Um, if you get to a place where like you're really struggling, it is better to reach out and contact a Christian counselor who can help us move through these, these stages um, and help us to talk out what we're feeling. In fact, like I told you, I just reached out to my friend who's been a counselor for many years, and I also have a counselor that I see um, when things get tough. I don't see him all the time. I've done a lot of healing work over the years, and but I have somebody on call who I will see if I'm struggling and I just make an appointment and it really helps me a lot. And then there's a quote by Hilary Stanton Zunin and she says, the risk of love is loss and the price of loss is grief. But the pain of grief is only a shadow when compared with the pain of never risking love. I thought that was a very powerful statement. Um, and it reminds me of actually a post that I posted yesterday when I was feeling really sad and really missing my grandma and um, wishing that I could talk to her and spend some time with her. And I actually posted this on my own Facebook page. The fact that we grieve deeply is because we loved deeply. So the amount that we love somebody is going to be equal to or more than the amount that we grieve the loss of someone. Another thing that really helped me um, was one of my heroes in this world. Her name is June Hunt and she's with Hope for the Heart and she is an amazing, godly, kind-hearted woman and she actually writes has written many books and she's really a famous biblical counselor has a radio talk show and I was reading in her book called emotions and there's a section on grief and it says grief begins in your heart as a natural response to a significant unwanted loss and grief is a God-given emotion that increases with knowledge about the sorrows of life the wiser you are about the grief that people experience, the more you yourself will grieve. And then she quoted Ecclesiastes 1.18, which says, With much wisdom comes much sorrow. 
the more knowledge, the more grief. And I, at first, I have to admit, my immediate response when I read that was, well, that stinks. Like, because I am knowledgeable about grief and because I tend to be more empathetic and compassionate and can feel what others feel when they're going through a grief cycle, um, that should make me grieve less, not more. That was my initial thought and feeling on that. But as I really spent some more time thinking about it and praying about it, I began to realize that that's really how Jesus is with us. Like, and actually, his the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. Jesus too grieved. And he knows what we're feeling. And that gave me comfort to know that Jesus is always with me. And he knows what it feels like to lose people that he loves. And he is, he is right there walking through this grieving cycle with me. And that gave me great comfort. And the verse that talks about the Lord is near the, the weary and the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's a very um, helpful verse when you're dealing with grief. So a quick recap. The five stages of grief by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And these are all stages that we're going to go through as we grieve. And as I end, I'm going to end with a, um, a poem that I wrote for my grandmother when I couldn't sleep, which is another thing. Grief oftentimes can keep you up at night. <laughs> and so when you want to sleep and have a break, um, it tends to be that your mind is kind of like working overtime. And so as I was laying there and I couldn't sleep, I just wrote out this poem. It's called Grandma's Legacy. Thought I was ready to say goodbye. Years years of watching you suffer made me cry. You told me you were ready. Month after month, your balance grew more unsteady. Slowly I watched your body decline. When we'd visit, you were always on cloud nine. You provided plenty of love and wisdom. You were my greatest support system. We used to talk on the phone for hours every day. We always had a lot to say. You showed your love with your deeds, always made sure to meet my needs. Popcorn stories before bed and making paper hats, I will always cherish our many long chats. So many precious memories, sharing our dreams, singing songs, talking and drawing our most beautiful trees. You were always caring and sentimental. Grandma, you sure made my life special. Thank you for giving me your best. Because of you, my life was truly blessed. Grandma, you deserve the shiniest crown and heaven's finest gown. Until we meet in heaven's jubilee, I, for, I will forever be your legacy. So as we end, I want to dedicate my first ever episode on Victorious Living Christian Counseling Podcast to my grandma, Dorothy. Um, she was born on 5-3-1932. 
and she left this old world for heaven on 1521. If you guys have any questions, please feel free to email me. My email address is victoriouslivingcounseling at yahoo.com and my website is www.victoriouslivingcounseling.com and I would also love to hear your feedback. If you would like to send me an email and just let me know if um, my hope and prayer is that this helped you as you're walking through a difficult phase of grief or um, have. And also if you're feeling like, and I've had clients who've grieved for many, many years and we can get stuck in these stages and not properly move through them. And even if you lost somebody 10, 15 years ago, whatever it is, God's plan is for us to move through those stages. So if for some reason you're really still struggling, we actually call this complex grief when we've grieved longer than six months. So if you're in that place, I challenge you to reach out to a Christian counselor. There is no need to suffer. Um, God's plan is for us to have victorious life and to be able to live joy like a joyful and abundant life, okay? So I look forward to hearing from all of you, and I pray for each one of you this week that the information that the Holy Spirit laid on my heart would be a source of comfort and wisdom and peace for you all. Have a great night.